Scenes of burning cars, mass protests, and violence have plagued the streets of Paris over the past few weekends. The group behind the demonstration started with a small online petition, but they have now grown to a nationwide movement that is putting the future of French President Emmanuel Macron in doubt. This is TikTok. I'm Dave Myers. Joining me today is Bloomberg's Paris Bureau Chief, Geraldine Amiel. Thanks for joining us, Geraldine. Oh, thank you very much for having me. So can you describe the protests that have been taking place recently in Paris and other parts of France? Okay, so you've got two sorts of protests. One is the one that kick-started four weeks ago, um, the whole movement. And I'm talking about traffic blockades. So across France, a lot of um, crucial points for traffic, roundabouts, bridges, um, the tolls um, ahead of highways were blocked by people wearing yellow vests, the yellow safety vest that drivers are by law uh, expected to keep in their cars in case of an accident and something like that. So this is the kind of protest that uh, occurred throughout the country. And then you had some specific protests in the streets of Paris, which is the French capital. These um, past Saturday, so last Saturday and the one before, some of these protests in the Paris streets have been ex- extremely violent. And actually on the sides of them, you saw something that I wouldn't have called protests, but I would have called riots. Mm. And they were mostly the case um, in the Poche district of Paris around the Champs-Élysées and the Arc de Triomphe. And we've seen that they've even put graffiti uh, on those landmarks. And, but who are these people exactly, the yellow vests? What are they protesting? <laughs> okay. So the very the in- initial um, protesters, the, the people who kick-started this movement, were actually sort of protesting against an increase uh, in you know, uh, a planned increase in um, gasoline taxes, in fuel taxes, um, started from January. Uh, this is part of the program of the French government, of the French president, Emmanuel Macron. Um, the idea is to bring the diesel price at the pump at the same level as the gasoline price at the pump. It's to force people in France who for a long time on, had on majority a diesel car to actually and their use of diesel fuel, um, not only for their car, but also for their heating. So this is when it started, and then it sort of morphed into a mixed pot of people unhappy with everything, with anything, um, with you know taxes, but not only uh, their perception of lower uh, spending power, the perception of... Uh, uh, the difficulty to make ends meet, uh, or not the perception, actually, the fact that um, they believed that the French government was very much um, trying to modernize the country, but at their expense, without them, um, it's fair enough to reform the economy, but at some point, you also have to take everyone around. So, And there's also the perception that Macron is really pro-business, really pro-wealthy people, and couldn't care less about those who have difficulties to make ends meet. So it wasn't necessarily the gas tax that spawned this. This was something that was brewing, and the gas tax just, I guess, pushed it over the edge, finally? I, you could have said that. There's been some discontent expressing itself since um, the beginning of the summer against Macron. He's been able to pass a lot of reforms uh, to reform the French economy. Uh, the labor market has been made more flexible. Um, the uh, French 
Railways Company, which is state-owned and was seen as a fortress, is undergoing a reform and there were not so many protests. So um, he had been able to do that. Um, he also abolished a wealth tax. Um, he um, made sure that social charges would be a little bit uh, lower than before. Uh, all the idea for him was to promote investment to France, in France, and for French companies abroad. And uh, this discontent was started to brew. And from the summer on, uh, suddenly people realized that there will be also a tax reform, which is pay as you earn. In France, you don't pay your taxes um, every month. It's not the company that actually gets the taxes uh, from your um, pay slip, uh, but it's uh, the tax office at the end of the year, at the end of each year. So now people would were you know very aware that they would have to actually they will see they would see their salary cut by up to a third each month. Um, True, they were paying the taxes before, but at the same time, they knew that this would be a bit different. Arbitrage would be made a bit different this time. So this is how, you know, it brewed, it brewed, it brewed. And yes, you're right to say that the gas taxes just push things off the edge. Absolutely. And how has President Macron handled all of this so far the past few weeks? If you believe the yellow vest really badly, the thing is he sort of ignored and uh, felt like it would be just a little bit of disruptions and not more um, that um, it took them some time. It took not just him, but his government some time to um, acknowledge the significance of this discontent to not only just the significance of it, but the scale of it all. Until now, at least 70% of the French, according to the latest polls, do support the demands of the Yellow Vest regarding um, taxation in France, which is one of the highest, if not the highest, of the all OECD uh, group. So this is really a lot. Um, And he has not responded uh, to their demands to, uh, as fast as they wished, um, he ended up presenting a, a uh, reform and energy package, but that was only last week after we were well into two, three weeks of protests. And the measures that he offered were seen as stupid and absolutely not, not addressing the concerns, the demands. And uh, this week, they initially uh, declared a moratorium on the tax increases, and finally they just cancelled the tax increases. But it looks like it's too late. And uh, Macron has not responded yet. He has not spoken up since he's back from the G20 meeting in Argentina a week ago. And people are wondering what he's up to. He will speak eventually. That will be next week, but his administration is extremely concerned that it might he might actually fuel their anger a bit more. When these people take to the streets to show their anger, as you just said, is there a, a common phrase or a chant that they're using? Contrary to what would say in the U.S., this is proved absolutely fake news. No one is chanting, we want Trump on the Paris streets. Actually, no one is really chanting um, what they demand, though. And you can hear them shout it rather than chanting, because there's a bit of a merry uh, side to chanting. But uh, what they uh, shout is they ask for Macron to resign. They ask for 
the uh, minimum wage to be increased. They ask for the end of the Fifth Republic. They ask for everything and anything, which makes it extremely difficult, actually, to find out uh, what exactly this movement is about. And how has this movement uh, interrupted or impacted life in Paris? If you were to see Paris tonight, you would be absolutely impressed. Paris is boarding up. I've seen shops uh, that are not in districts that are expected to be impacted by uh, protests, and they're all boarded up. Shops are closed. Museums are closed. The Eiffel Tower is closed. Le Louvre Museum is closed. Uh, Shops on the Champs-Élysées have been asked to be closed. It's, it's it's very much like that. People are sh- have shopped for food tonight, and um, Paris is supposed to be a dead city tomorrow. Considering this group is so well spread out, you know, parts of Paris, across the country of France, mm-hmm. how are they staying organized? The use of social medias uh, is, is one thing. It's been a tremendous help for them. Actually, this is how they got together. Someone started a Facebook page and saying, this is it, we can't have another gasoline tax increase, and people just joined that call. And it's very easy for them to exchange on Twitter, on Facebook, uh, to express themselves, and actually it sort of amplifies their demands, it amplifies uh, their importance as well, that they were nobodies before, and now they are very important people, and everyone is quoting them, including you know all the traditional medias, mainstream medias are using them. Um, there's another side to these social medias is these uh, encrypted uh, medias, oh. such as Telegram or WhatsApp. And this is where the authorities here have huge difficulty because, as I said, this um, Apps are encrypted, making it extra medical, difficult for uh, the authorities to gouge the importance, um, location, potential location, and that sort of things. Um, <clears throat> so uh, they're spread out. They're staying organized-ish because <laughs> they look like they're divided at the same time. They're staying sort of organized via social media for sure. Is there any indication that an agreement can be made soon and that these protests stop? Look, um, tonight, um, some representatives for the Yellow Vests um, said that they would meet with the French Prime Minister. Um, and a lot of um, um, politicians, uh, mind you, not the leaders, but certainly uh, MPs and such, have called for the end of protests uh, very responsibly. So uh, I don't know how people taking the measure of what could be, uh, what could happen in the weeks of in the streets of Paris tomorrow. Uh, I don't know indication of an agreement. I really don't know at that stage. When will the protest stops? No one knows. That no people assumed initially that they would actually abate uh, two days after they started, and there we are in our fourth week. So who knows? Um, No one can predict for now. Certainly not the French government. So if this is such an open-ended movement right now, what's at stake for not only Macron and France, but Europe overall, if this situation can't be managed? Macron, the way he won the French presidency with creating a party from scratch, with creating a huge vacuum in the middle and pushing back oppositions to the extreme sides, extreme right and far right, has very much favored the emergence of such a movement. And what we see now is the emergence of populists. Um, 
or anti-elite, anti-establishment, whatever people want to call them. Um, you see that this is everything that Macron uh, pledged to fight at the European level, not seeing this happening at the French level. It means that he will now have to turn his eyes to uh, France first before uh, fighting um, at the European level. Um, it's a bad sign for um, the liberals in Europe. We are battling uh, populists um, within Europe, the continental Europe, I mean, um, Hungary, Italy, uh, Czech Republic, Poland, you name them. So just a few weeks ago, Macron was on the world stage as the world remembered um, World War One, and saying how we needed an open world to deal with issues, but now he's got to deal, go back against that practically and deal with his own country before helping the rest of the European world. Well, absolutely. Absolutely. Priority now is rather than saving Europe or the rest of the world is saving the French, either from themselves or from perception that migration is bad, that um, um, trade uh, at the at the global uh, level is bad, that sort of thing. Um, it's um, it's interesting. Everything that he thought he had to to fight, and he, he was the beacon of liberalism, and he sees it himself by himself. And the front lines are actually not outside his country, but very much in his country. And the trenches are in the Paris streets. Geraldine, thank you so much. Thank you. Make sure to follow Geraldine on Twitter. She's at Geraldine Amiel. That's the TikTok for today. Thanks for listening, and please head on over to iTunes and let us know what you think. I'm Dave Myers. You can follow me on Twitter at David F. Myers, and you can get all your updates 24-7 at TikTok.